0: listening to the 30 podcast. Here's your host Jazz Kang. What's up Lakers fans recording this after a disappointing 107-92 loss to the Detroit Pistons. Before we jump into that don't forget subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your fix and of course go to silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Joining me this week is Christian Rivas. Christian, I want to talk about the, obviously want to talk about the game first. Um, not pretty, uh, ugly all around. Anthony Davis, if you didn't know, uh, he was out with a right uh, thigh contusion, I believe it was. So he, he was out of the game. The Lakers also playing their third game in four nights against a terrible Pistons team. Uh, what did you think about this game? And, and I, I mean, they were right there when THT hit that three to, to cut the deficit to one. And then they just, did, that was it after that. But what were your kind of main takeaways from, from the loss here?
1: Uh, well, one, I thought the, the Pistons moved the ball around really well. I think the natural incl- inclination as a fan when you're watching the game is to look at what your team did wrong and what they could have done better, which is like completely natural. But it, it was also just the, the Pistons playing well. And uh, the, the Pistons haven't been a good team this season. Obviously, I think uh, coming into, t- t- into tonight, they were the 14th seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, which isn't, I mean, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) I, but you know, the, the, that's, that's what the Lakers have to be ready for the Lakers have to get the the Lakers have to be ready for, you know, every team's best punch. It's something they talked about going into the season and, uh, the Pistons haven't been healthy this season, but they do have a few good NBA players on their team. Obviously, you know, I think Jeremy Grant's probably, one of the favorites, if not the favorite, for most improve, improved player this year. Uh, Blake Griffin had his best game I think he's had all season. Yeah. I was watching the Pistons broadcast, and 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 they even said as much. He had 23 points, 8 of 16 shooting from the field, 5 of 10 from 3. Uh, and then, yeah, Wayne Ellington, former Laker legend, uh, 20 points, 6 of 9 shooting from 3. Wouldn't be surprised to see his name float around in the trade deadline. So, yeah, it is. it was – a great performance by the Pistons, but uh, a game the Lakers should have won with the amount of talent they have on the roster. And yeah, uh, well, it, it just it, wasn't it.
0: I, I here, here's the thing, and I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, which because I like doing it, let's be honest. But number one, let's be realistic. This is their third game in four nights, right? I mean, they've been on. Uh, this is what their um, what was it their sixth consecutive road game right now. They're going into our fifth, pardon me, consecutive road game going into number six on Saturday against the Celtics, which, again, they're going to be playing a third game in four nights, and we don't know if Anthony Davis, what, what his status will be for that one. So I don't know how much of a fight they're going to come out with against the Pistons as well, and and I do think the Lakers are going to, and just like every other NBA team, the Lakers are going to lose sometimes because of the schedule. And and I this actually takes me back to, and I don't know if you uh, you would remember this. I know you were, you were really young at the time, but the 99 lockout shortened season. It was 48 games. The teams were playing – every our 50 games i believe it was and teams are playing sometimes three nights in a row and so what happened on that third night though every team was playing doesn't matter if it was the spurs um you know a good a good rockets team doesn't matter who it was they were getting killed on the third night And I think you're going to see more and more of that going forward this season. And it's going to happen to to really good teams like the Lakers. It's going to happen to teams like the Clippers. Um, They, they expended a lot of energy trying to come back against the Sixers in the, in the loss that they had on, on Wednesday, you know, going on that 11 0 run to get back in the game and, and briefly take the lead there at the end before um, before Harris hit that shot. Like, they expended everything they had, then they're missing their second best player. So to me, I'm not worried too much about the fact that, oh man, they're, they're struggling. It happens. I, I just think we're going to see more and more of this as we go forward, just given the condensed schedule that we're having to deal with this season.
1: Yeah, the, the condensed schedule, the quick turnaround. Um, I, I think the, the way the Lakers started the season and the fact that LeBron James wasn't sitting games, Anthony Davis wasn't sitting games. I think that kind of, you know brushed under the rug the concerns everybody had going into the season about you know players being gassed and and not feeling well rested enough to go through you know the grind of the now 72 game season Uh, we even had frank vogel in pregame today talk about how he wants to kind of preserve a guy like alex caruso for the postseason because of how hard alex plays that that's a guy you know if if you're going to play him in those spurts and have him be your energy guy you can't you can't expect him to play with that amount of energy throughout the season and, and in large spurts. So uh, I'm glad we got some, a, a little bit of clarity on that situation. Cause I was, I was wondering what was going on there. Uh, I still think you can probably find more minutes for him, but at least, you know, we know there's a method to the madness, but yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that Le- LeBron starting the way he was uh and still is, I think he's, you know, one of the front runners for the MVP this year, but uh, I think, A lot has been revealed about this team and what they're going to look like this season uh, in, in the road trip, for better or for worse.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm looking at it too, like on a on a on a bigger scale, and like you mentioned, LeBron's still playing otherworldly. What does he do in the offseason, Christian? How does he stay like in that shape? You know, at 36 years, what 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 is he doing in the in the summertime that he can't share with us? Is it just the fact that he makes more in a day than me and you do me and you do combined in a year? So he has access to the resources.
1: <laughs> I think him and Brady probably found the fountain of youth.
0: They did. They did. Lucky. You know what but that's okay i'm not gonna put them down but um no you know and, and getting back to what you were talking about you're talking about even even with caruso i i agree with you i mean I, there's a reason why he is kind of like you said like the energizer bunny of the team he, he's willing to come in and and do all the little things and play hard and and get into the nitty gritty areas of the court in order to make plays but he's also 26 years old. Like, why are we, why are we looking at, at, at preserving those minutes when you're playing LeBron 36 minutes in, in, a, in a game against the Pistons? Like, I, I love what Frank Vogel has done since he, since he took over as the head coach last season. I, I think that he's, he's handled the roster construction the way it is, which is LeBron, A.D., um, and then a bunch of veterans and let's figure it out. And, and I think he's done a great job of figuring that out. But I mean, that is kind of questionable to me, saying that, okay, we want to, I, you know, I know Caruso had some, uh, got nicked up a couple times, so he hasn't been fully healthy at points. But uh, again, to me, I mean, I'm just looking at it like, you're looking at this as a, as a game. And uh, you know, the, the saying would go in a, in a normal NBA season, what this would be in, you know, some point in November of the, of the regular season. So to me, and I saw some tweets and stuff online of people, this is an ugly loss and it's embarrassing. It's like, well, dude, they're playing, you know, like I said, third game in four nights, this is their fifth game of a, of a seven game road trip. And they're going to have to do same, same thing against Boston. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out and, and look like, and, and feel like they're, they're stuck in quicksand again on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and and Boston, the other thing you have to realize about every team the Lakers are playing is they're not only playing, you know, the the defending champions, but at, at this point of the season, every team thinks they have a chance. Like, certainly the Celtics thinks they, ha- they have a chance after the run they had last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, these teams have something to prove. The Clippers have something to prove. The Utah Jazz have something to prove after, you know, signing Rudy Gay to that heavily scrutinized extension and... You know Donovan Mitchell not taking the leap that Rudy uh, a lot mean, of people right? wanted him to make make last year. It's um, you meant Rudy Gobert, right?
0: And not Rudy Gay, obviously. Rudy Gobert, yourself. Oh yeah, did yeah. I say Rudy Gay? Yeah, I mean, Rudy I was like, Gay's been playing pretty well. Thirty five year old Rudy Gay now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think Utah would be fourteen and four if they were paying him that kind of money. But uh, no, you're right, and 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 this is I think, I think this is going to be the luxury for this Lakers team going forward, which is look. We're the defending champions. We got two out of the top, you know, arguably, uh, you could say top three, you could say top five, whatever it is. You got two of the best players in the NBA on your roster. Losing a game to Detroit, even if it was an ugly loss, you were able to look at that and say, well, oh, well, let's brush this one under the rug. We didn't have AD. We're playing tired. Let's just move on. And I think that that's where other teams might not be able to look at that. I mean, Utah's won 10 in a row. The Clippers, you know, bounce back after they're kind of, you know, up and down start. So you're going to have these teams start to get rolling. And the Lakers, you know, even if they finish as a, as our a two or three seed in the West, do you think that'll make a difference down the line? Like if, if, if they, they do have to start the, the, the second round on the, on the road. No, I mean,
1: listen, who knows when, when fans will be back and you know, what, when any of that stuff will matter again. Uh, I at think, the rate.
0: Hey Christian at the rate we're going out in California. I don't think we're we'll back in the stadium <laughs> until next year. Yeah. But-
1: well, I'll see you. I'll see you on Christmas. It seems like, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think it will. I think what we're seeing right now is just guys, you know, I, I don't want to say coasting because I, I think that's a general misconception about this team is that, you know, they are coasting because of the way the season started back up and the fact that they won a championship, you hear the term championship hangover a lot. And I think, you know, Steve Kerr said it earlier this season, it it might honestly have the opposite effect. And it, it seemed to have the opposite effect early on in the season where when you're coming off of a championship, and you have that short turnaround, it's easy to jump back into the swing of things. Um, I think when the postseason rolls around, though, you're obviously going to see a lot of, a lot more, anthony davis at the center over marcus all who's you know the numbers look good when it comes to him uh but you know the eye test has just had a real hard time matching up with with his fit with the team so far so you have anthony davis who when he's playing at the center position is you know one of the best centers in the league and you know if you have you have other lineups you're gonna have alex russo play more minutes you might even have at the rate Wesley Matthews is playing, you probably have more Kaelin Horton Tucker minutes, which is really exciting. Uh, that this this team is built for the postseason, at least from a talent standpoint. Uh, to be determined with fit, at least compared to to last year's roster and the defensive minded roster they had last season, we'll see. You know how fit they fit they are for the postseason in that regard. But when it comes to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know those are guys that I feel pretty comfortable with if I'm a Lakers fan, you know, going into the postseason thinking that they're going to handle business.
0: Oh, you're, you're exactly right. And I think, you know, you look at, you look at the job that Polenka did over the off season. And I think the whole organization uh, LeBron included, cause let's be honest, he's like the secondary GM, I would say, if not, if not the GM who, who's, who's kind of calling a lot of the shots, but um, I think they made a concerted effort. To make sure that they added firepower, right? That's why they bought in a guy yeah. like. That's why they bought in a guy like Dennis Schroder. That's why they bought in. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say Marcus All was was firepower, but they bought in a guy who's like, okay, you know, he's not really a black hole. I would say with the ball in his hands, and that's no disrespect, disrespect to Javale McGee or or Dwight Howard. Like they're not going to make a nice pass to find. Rarely are they are going to find a nice, you know, LeBron on a backdoor cut or Kuzma, you know. Uh, off the off screen and you're going to get them with a good, you know, nice little bounce pass that, that you thread the needle with them. That wasn't their strength. So I think they were looking at bolstering their offense, you know, because they're like, Hey, we got some really good defensive pieces in place. And I think they made a concerted effort to, to address that in the offseason. I do want to ask you this. And obviously we're hoping this, this doesn't come close though. What would the Lakers be without Anthony Davis and and this roster right now? How far do you think they would get in the playoffs?
1: Ooh, without Anthony Davis, yeah. I, I, Oh, God, that is a good question, because I think when you look at this roster and when you look at the Lakers final roster spot specifically, you, you know, come to the conclusion that one of the areas of need that they have is an athletic rim blocking, like, you know, I was going to say a rim blocking shot blocker, but that doesn't make sense. Uh, somebody that can Know protect protect the rim rim
0: protecting shot blocker, would that work? Okay, yeah, yeah, that would work. Yeah, Uh, somebody that can
1: put a little bit more pressure on the rim than than Marcus All has. (laughs) And you know, I think that's kind of correct, but again, I think you have to remember that Anthony Davis, when it when the postseason rolls around, is going to be playing a lot of minutes at that center position. And um, you know, you feel comfortable with him at that center position, you feel comfortable with you you also feel comfortable with Kyle Kuzman, and Mark Heath soaking up those minutes at the four, uh, LeBron James here and there, uh, but without Anthony Davis, you don't have that. <laughs> you you your options when it comes to like rim running centers are essentially Mark Gasol, who you know while is a, a technically good defender, is is not particularly athletic and isn't going to get up to block shots, and then Montrez Montrez Harrell who. You know, as good as he is offensively and as, you know, surprisingly decent he's been on, on defense this season, it is not who you want to be your best big man on the roster. So yeah, without Anthony Davis, I you know, it's it's hard to count out LeBron James. Uh I definitely think they'd win a series, but <laughs> the with the roster as constructed, uh, I, I don't know. I don't I well, I think they'd probably get bounced uh, no, I mean, at, at yeah, least in the conference final.
0: I'm with you in the in the in the fact that they would win around. And it's kind of funny because, you know, once Phoenix made the moves, um, you know, to get to get uh to get Chris Paul and then you're like, okay, you know, Portland's gonna be healthier this season and this was, you know, before coming into before, you know, the first game of, of, of the current season that we're in and you're like, okay, you know what, let's look at, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant might take another step and, and new Orleans with Zion, the Western conference has been kind of a disappointment, you know? And if you look at it, the Lakers are already, I think firmly entrenched as the best overall team. At the top of the conference. And we had questions about that last year with the Clippers, like, okay, what's going to happen? Obviously, we never got to sue that because the Clippers choked. But, um, you know, I think that right now, the way the Western Conference is breaking down, Denver's starting to find its groove, but then you're going to get stuck with teams like Golden State, San Antonio, Memphis, Portland, kind of, you know, jockeying for those last four, four or five spots. And I don't think any of those would pose a threat to the Lakers as currently constructed. And, you know, God forbid anything happens to Anthony Davis if they had to play them in round one. I want to jump into a couple more things. Let's do that after a short break. All right, we're back. Christian, you were mentioning Marcus Alls' fit. And so it's interesting. I mean, you look at, at, you know, his scoring numbers, his performance against the Pistons, he, he really didn't do much. He didn't, didn't get a single point, missed both the field goal attempts that he had, but he did have seven rebounds, four assists. Uh, the underlying numbers, like you were mentioning, I mean, you're looking at how good he's been, how good the team has been with him on the court compared to off the court. Um, they're they're about six points better per hundred possessions with him on the court. Also, their offensive rating is is I think it's just under eight eight points better per hundred possessions with him on the court. Um, so the underlying data is is supporting the fact that okay we're, they're doing good things when Gasol is in the game. W- when you're watching this and, and you're looking at, at the team, what do you think the number one thing that he needs to work on? Maybe to to like you were saying, pass the eye test a little bit more. Ah, I mean.
1: Moving a little faster, I think, is the easy answer. But I don't know if that is too much to ask of somebody who is, uh, I believe, 35, if not 36 years old. Uh, he's 36, turned 36 in January.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, and again, you know, you want to you want to clarify that Marcus game hasn't always been over reliant on his athleticism. Like he definitely dropped. He's has dropped a lot of weight since coming into the league, uh, but has never been like a particular, like a hyper athletic player. He's not a JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard or even a Montrezl Harrell. However, in order for him to, to be impactful by, you know, being more of an anticipation defender and, and a good help defender, I think it does require him to be a little more spry and, you know, maybe, this is his age coming back, you know, catching up to him. And we we saw remnants of that in the bubble in Orlando. He, he didn't have a great close to the season with Toronto uh, or, or maybe, you know, it's, it's just like everybody else. And, and he's just trying to find his footing with the team. I tweeted this out after the game today, but you have to remember that the way the Lakers gelled last season with a brand new roster, brand new head coach, uh, a superstar tandem who, you know, outside of Team USA had had not played together. That was the exception to the the norm and not the norm. Like you think back to LeBron's Heat teams are always the perfect example of a team that needed some time to get going and gel together. And I, you know, I think it, with every player and, and the team in general, that's that's kind of what the Lakers are going through right now on top of you know everything else they've had to deal with as a result of of this pandemic
0: yeah it, it, there's a lot of moving parts to it too and you know them in the heat and look at look at what's happened in miami obviously jimmy Butler's still hurt but in, and they've dealt with um quite a few you know guys getting hurt on on their team and in injuries they're six and 12 they played the longest uh, you know they were in orlando the longest along with the lakers they, they were there right till the bitter end it's going to take them some time and then you look at the opposite it's like do people, and I, it's funny, like uh, I'm seeing reactions on Twitter and, uh, you know, people are like, oh, you know, like the Harrison just tweeted something out, like tell somebody on there telling him like, fr- tell Frank Vogel to resign. It's like, what? <laughs> like they're 14 and six through 20 games. They're 10 and two on the road. And guys like Marcus All who, you know, might have, might not have had the, the time to, to put in the amount of, of, of normal work they would have put in to get ready for the season. And I, I just think it's going to take some time. Cause like I said, I I'm with you. I, I, I don't think Gasol is ever going to get that. Uh, I and mean, he was never really that athletic to begin with, but I don't think he'll get to that level again. And he is one of those few uh, NBA, like the tr- traditional big men, who who was kind of like a, a bigger guy who played, you know, below the rim. Uh, he's one of the few guys who's been able to stuck around, and that's because of how smart he is, right? And his basketball IQ has enabled him to be a guy that that can that, that can stick around and knows when to make the right plays. And I think what they're looking for from Gasol ultimately is going to be, like you're mentioning, uh, you know, maybe playing, you know, like he did. He played 25 minutes against the Pistons. Um, he's playing, I believe, it's about 20 minutes a game right now, is on on average, which is a career low for him. Um, you know, I think since he, since he came into the league uh, as a youngster, but you're looking at what he's doing right now I think ultimately what they're what they're going to want from Gasol is all right you know what make a couple of plays let us let us give Anthony Davis a little bit of, of spot minutes in the uh, especially in the playoffs uh be a good team defender be in the right positions you know come over to help to cut off the the guy who's penetrating whatever it is and I think they'll get him out of there so if he's able to do his job and like we said the underlying data right now supports the fact the Lakers are better with him on the court than they are off the court so I think that like like you're saying I think it's just going to take some time for them to kind of find their footing and, and find chemistry. And, and like I said, you, you won 14 out of your first 20 games when you played 12 of them on the road, I, I think you're off to a pretty good start.
1: Yeah. And it should be noted that the starting lineup, even for all of the questions I have about it, um, you know, particularly Dennis Schroeder's fit with, with the starters as a, as opposed to the bench unit, they still have the third best net rating in the NBA, Like mm-hmm. we're talking about a very good starting unit. Uh, and, You know, you don't you don't have the third best net rating in the NBA without Marcus all being somewhat uh, helpful. And the same can be said of shooter. So, yeah, not again, none of these things are are red flags yet. Even Anthony Davis struggling as much as he has from the free throw line. It's not a red flag. It is still so, so, so early in the season with a brand new team and uh, just with the culture that that they have with the team and the leaders they have. I think you bet on them figuring it out sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah. And I think they're going to go through that stretch coming up in uh, early February. So it's basically a week from a week from now and they got that little, they got a five game homestand where they, they go Denver, which is obviously a tough game. The, the Nuggets are, like I said, you know, on a roll lately, eight and two in their last 10. And then you got the Pistons, which, okay, let's see what happens if LeBron and Anthony Davis are like, all right, you know what those guys were, came at us and, and, and beat us. They might put a beat down on them there. And then they got, OKC and back-to-back and then they got Memphis. And it's like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity to kind of start to get rolling. And I think that's what, that's what we'll ultimately see w- with the Lakers. And, and that's what I, like, it was just funny to me to be online and, and people are just, like, oh, the Lakers, all oh, this sucks. This is whatever. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, they're yeah. the, the how many games are they supposed to play? They're not robots, they're human beings. They're going to run out of energy at some point. And I mm. think that's what we're seeing after they're you know after they went on that that toward 14 and 4 start you're seeing a team that is starting to wear down and also played without one of their two best players today so i don't think the sky is falling i am looking forward to that boston game on saturday i think that's going to be a lot of fun again if the lakers have the energy and if not we'll start to see this team turn things around i think give it about a week or so and then you'll start to see them get on a roll again where they're winning 7 or 8 out of 10 games and i think they'll do that consistently the rest of the season
1: yeah i agree and and you know if it's not saturday or you know, I think it's Monday against the Atlanta Hawks. It'll mm-hmm. be, you know, it'll be when they feel like it really. <laughs> I mean, that with, with how talented they are, I'm not worried about them missing the postseason. Um, and, you know, worst case things, th- th- this team doesn't fit as well as it looked like they did at the start of the season or, you know, that things just happen. I have complete faith in, you know, Rob Palinka in the front office to make the win now moves that are necessary. Um, you know, they have uh, loads of expiring contracts that I think are pretty enticing to teams, including the contracts of Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell. I'm not calling for the Lakers to trade Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell. I think, you know, they're very good players, but I mean, at the end of the day, they are expiring contracts and could be seen as valuable to a team, uh, you know, that's looking either to make a playoff push or just, you know, add some credibility to their, their organization. So yeah, a, a lot needs to be figured out in the next two months. And again, I I think the Lakers will.
0: Well, I'm going to put that on the tweet when I, when I, when I release the podcast and uh, Christian suggests <laughs> that the Lakers, the Lakers should trade either Dennis Schroeder or uh, our mantra Zero. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I think, you you know, you have to have, and I was watching the Warriors game against the, uh, the Timberwolves on, on Wednesday night, and Mark Jackson was doing the commentary on, uh, on ESPN, and they were, they were talking about the best teams in the West, and he said it. He's like, from what I've seen so far, you know, a quarter of the way through the season, nobody is better than the Los Angeles Lakers, and he's right. I, I just like, you know, two bad games in a row, like I said, with a condensed schedule, it's going to happen. Um, these guys are not built to play three. Nobody is built to play three NBA games in four nights that involve travel in between. You're not going to be able to bring your best. So I think ultimately um, you know, they're going to be fine. And, and when, you know, when we'll do more podcasts in the future, we can revisit this topic, you know, a couple of weeks down the road. I do want to wrap up with this when you're looking now, like we, we talk about this every, you know, every couple of weeks when you we do do the podcast together what are your top five power rankings in the NBA? You can use both conferences. Who are the top five teams you have right now?
1: Ooh, um, I, think you probably, oh, I think you probably put the Lakers at the top, just giving mm-hmm. them the benefit of the doubt of being uh, the reigning champions. I think you put the 76ers at two. Um, I think the Nets are better than they the standing suggests, so I, I would put them at three. Uh, the Clippers at four. And then, God, it's honestly a toss-up between the Jazz and and Bucks for me right now. But uh, given where the Jazz are in the standings, they currently hold the number one seed in the Western Conference. I'd I'd give it to the Jazz.
0: See, I'd go with I'd go with the Lakers on top. I'd go with the Clippers number two, and then I'd go Brooklyn, Philly, and then I'm gonna round it out with with Milwaukee. And I, that's no disrespect to Utah. The way I'm looking at it though is. And, you know, you don't have guys on that, like Spider Mitchell. I, I love watching him play. He's awesome. Obviously, Rudy Gobert, uh, the best defensive big man, you know, second best defensive big man in the league that you're looking behind Anthony Davis. And if you look at some of the teams that they've that the uh, that Utah has beaten on this 10 game win streak. Yeah, they beat Milwaukee. Uh, they beat Denver. Anybody else in the, in those teams that's really, you know, on fire so far? No. So I'm not really going to give them the benefit of the doubt of winning 10 games or, you know, eight of those 10 games against inferior competition. But the beauty of it all is we're going to find out, we're going to find out more as we go along. Are you working on anything uh, special for silver screen and roll coming up Christian?
1: I think everything I work on for Silver Screen and Roll is special in its own way.
0: <laughs> That's very true. You know what? Everybody everybody at SB Nation feels that way. So yeah. <laughs> we're glad to have you on board. No, I'm just messing with you. Um, anything, anything you're looking forward to once the pandemic ends? What's the first thing you want to do uh, when you have the freedom to get back out?
1: I want to go to my local movie theater, order a large popcorn, large Dr. Pepper with uh, Sour Patch Kids watermelons sprinkle it all in my popcorn and, and enjoy a movie that's that's literally the only thing i want to do at this
0: there point there you go kids the exciting 15 year old christian is coming up on the podcast <laughs> announcing what his, his big I,
1: plans are i do miss it dearly i also miss concerts but i mean the bar is on the floor right now i just i want to see a movie
0: are you gonna you know it's funny because they're opening up the uh outdoor dining this weekend and i'm like i think i'm gonna give it one more week and see how things go and then i'm like i'm just excited to go to a restaurant and sit down and, and have a meal i mean we haven't had the ability to do that in los angeles since our or in the la county since when like november before thanksgiving now
1: yeah it, it's it's been a little while i i have not gone out to eat since the pandemic started i i am erring on the side of caution uh when it comes to all of this so yeah it, i i miss hot food man it <laughs> all of my food is lukewarm by the time i i bring it home luckily i i recently bought uh an air fryer
0: oh that's a great my, i bought one at the beginning of the pandemic that's a great investment
1: oh yeah um uh soggy fries never heard of them Just throw them in (laughs) for like two minutes and you're good to go.
0: They're ready to go. You know what? It's surprising. I've been doing a lot of with the air fryer and I'll wrap up on this because people are probably bored talking about our (laughs) our crappy uh, cooking recipes, but I would go with, I always do the asparagus or Brussels sprouts and you can chuck them in the air fryer with like a couple of pieces of bacon, like cut it up. That is an amazing, amazing recipe. So try that with the, uh, with, with the air fryer when you get a chance to, I definitely will. All right, there you go. Uh, that's cooking with jazz. And you know, I'm just messing with you. Uh, that, does it for this, uh, that does it for this podcast episode. Like I mentioned off the top, don't forget, subscribe to our network. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your fix. You can check us out there. And of course, go to silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Again, Lakers come up short against the Pistons, but a big one coming up on Saturday. I'll be back with the podcast again on Friday with a special guest. We'll be previewing uh, the the Celtics-Lakers for Saturday, which is a national ABC game. All right, we'll talk to you all then.